and welcome back to Questing Show, a play podcast where each week a new adventurer steps up to fix a broken kingdom. We're back with season two of Questing Show. I am the host and game master James. Who is joining us to embark on today's adventure? It's me, Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Hello, Tony. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, my name is Tony Vicenda. Um, I run a little company called Plus One. Uh, we are a funny little brand that does uh, tabletop game design. We do uh, beard and skincare alchemy, and, and we make content that reviews other people's games. So things like actual plays, interviews, reviews. Uh, and I love, I love uh, games. And I'm super excited to be here. No, I'm super excited to have you. Uh, you're the first person that we've had on. Uh, who is in the skincare business? So tell us a little bit about that. What's the uh, what's the crossover with that and uh, tabletop stuff? You know, here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> in, and you know, this is not a visual medium, uh, but I I do have a beard myself. And mm. a number of years ago, I was making beard products just for me to use, just stuff I could use at home. I, I like to kind of mess around and and figure out how to do new things and make things and it was a fun uh fun project at home and then i made some for me and some friends and then i took some to a conference and put them in our booth like some people would sell t-shirts or games or other stuff like that Hmm. as a funny gag and uh everybody thought it was really funny and hilarious and then people tried it and they were like oh this stuff is really great and then it took off and so we kind of built a brand around that a different brand and then we launched plus one a little while later because whenever i go to conventions whenever those happen again and I look yeah. around, I just see a lot of beards uh, in the room, and I see a lot of skin in the room also, too. I mean, you know, I, lots of people in the game community have beards, uh, but almost everybody in the game community has skin. Um, mm. And so that's, uh, it just seemed like a natural place to say, I love doing niche marketing, and I love building things that are designed around parts uh, or communities that I love and care about. And so that's where Plus One kind of grew out of. Um, We made our first game that was a beard-based RPG uh, based on that whole idea. It's called Beards and Beyond. It was a dumb four-page RPG that we did kind of as a a marketing tool, but then it grew into a 50-page, super earnest, uh, I think absolutely fun uh, story forward tabletop RPG that's kind of OSR inspired but indie designed, which doesn't mean anything to anyone, even if you're a designer or not. It just means <laughs> that there are some OSR parts uh, and some indie parts, and I meshed them all together, and it's a lot of fun. No, it did. I um, I was uh, kind of looking at this stuff before we started, and yeah, it's it is it is like a really kind of interesting business of everything does feel, even though there is like the skincare side and the RPG side, everything does feel like quite nicely cohesive together which i guess that would be kind of something that i would ask them because it almost sounds like you have quite a bit of experience tabletop wise so what is kind of your history with um tabletop role-playing games i played my first game of dungeons and dragons when i was nine and i I could only tell you the name of one person i played with uh, and you you might think the story is going one direction at this point in time, but then uh, I could not remember whose house we went to to play it. It was a friend of a friend. Uh, I could tell you that friend's name. Their name was Andy, uh, but I couldn't remember who it was whose house we went to. I didn't go over to Andy's house that often. Uh, it was a brother's copy of a box set, uh, so it wasn't like it was one of ours, and it was not something I had access to. When I was in high school, I asked my mom, hey, could you get me 
some Dungeons and Dragons player manuals. Oh. And every single time she went to the game shop, they were sold out for some reason. Now, was my mom mildly infected by the satanic panic of the, the South? <laughs> very, very possibly. Um, it seems illogical as an adult to think that they just didn't have them every single time she looked at this game store that I knew sold them regularly. Uh, but but uh, I actually uh, mostly played board games growing up. So, okay. um, and I played them by the rules so they weren't horrible. Um, uh, Risk isn't a horribly long game if you don't want it to be. Monopoly isn't a horribly game long game if you don't want it to be. Uh, but I loved I love board games. I got super into Steve Jackson games, um, oh, right. which uh, I was a man in, a man in black, which is their demo agent group. Uh, I have a background in outdoor education, so I was doing a lot of pro social games, or what a lot of people would call low ropes or community building games. Okay. Uh, I would run re- weekend retreats that were basically low key LARP, where we would pick a theme and then build a bunch of develop pieces around that that were all gamified experiences to walk people through a narrative and help them discover new interpersonal or organizational management skills. Uh, and around that time, uh, because I was working with Steve Jackson Games and doing playtesting and doing demo work and doing other stuff like that, uh, I started playing GURPS. Um, so GURPS was really my first entry into role-playing games, and that was almost two decades ago wow. uh, when that started. And so, um, the uh, so I played for a long time. Uh, started GMing, um, loved other indie systems. Never really developed because of that a strong love of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, though I do love what it has done for role-playing games. Um, I liked some of the crunchiness of fourth edition. I really enjoyed 3.5. I, I think five is fine. Um, it's never might been my game of choice to sit down and play. I love crunching new ideas and doing new things and finding new ideas and putting them together in weird and interesting ways. And my major question is always, what kind of experience are people going to have when they sit down around a table to play this game? I am always designing the interaction at the table, not the mechanics of the game itself, which is a weird lens for role-playing games sometimes. It's interesting, though, because, yeah, obviously with a lot of kind of game design stuff, you almost sort of start at the point of, you know, what do I want to put in it? You know, what do I think would be cool? What would, you know, almost what sort of, what do I want to elicit? Rather than, you know, what kind of atmosphere do I want to create with this? What kind of tones and what kind of moods do I want to go for? So, no, that is like a really interesting way of uh, approaching stuff. I mean, it is funny, though, like, um, yeah, my uh, my role-playing experience uh, doesn't extend that far back, funnily enough. But I'd like to think that that's kind of the nice thing about role-playing games, though, is that, like, people have all kind of different experience levels because they're essentially coming in and you're all for an hour or a few hours are all agreeing to this rule set that you're going to play by. Almost like anyone from any background can kind of get into it and, you know, really, you know, make something of it, which I think is, like, the most exciting thing about, like, that as an art and as a medium, really. I I always think the biggest question people have to ask whenever they decide if they like or don't like a system Hmm. is who was I playing it with when I played it? And is it possible that maybe I don't like the system or did I not like my experience of playing it? Because ostensibly, though, my wife says this and it hurts down at the core of my being whenever she does it. Uh, she will sometimes say, um, like, well, you're all just playing make-believe. And I'm like, oh, like, I mean, it's true. Yes, we are. But there's a level of of agreement between the players, hopefully, when you sit down to play a game. If this is the type of game we want to play, 
Uh, this is the type of fun we're trying to have. And then I just want people to pick the best system that lets them do that. Or if the system they're, they're playing and they find out halfway through the game doesn't do that, just agree on the best way to move forward and have that kind of fun anyways. Uh, it's one of the reasons I love when people play more systems because I think you get more ideas about... Um, how how to make agreements when things kind of fall out of bounds of what you're thinking they should be. Uh, and at the end of the day, like uh, that comes from, you know, constantly checking in with people on on safety tools when you're out on a low ropes or high ropes course, like mm. making sure everybody feels comfortable, pushing people to say, hey, I want you to challenge yourself. I want us all to try something new, but I don't want anybody to panic. I don't want anyone to feel unsafe. Um, and so if we need to modify things, if we need to change things in order to make that happen, that's going to be the first concern because my goal is that we are successful at what we set out to do. And that's sit down around a table and have a good time telling a story together and going on an adventure. Absolutely. Well, hopefully that is, <laughs> that will hopefully be what happens uh, today on this episode of Quest and Show. We'll, we'll have a nice time and we'll go out on an adventure. Uh, before we start doing that, though, and this is more for the people at home who, depending how many episodes they listen to of Quest and Show, they might be list- this might be their first episode that they're listening to because you're on it, Tony. They might like your stuff and they want to know, you know, what's this project that you're involved in. So, essentially, how this works is, before we started recording, I asked Tony to come up with a character who will be tasked with solving today's episode issue at hand and over the course of the adventure I'll describe settings, characters and situations and then it will be up to Tony to basically tell me how they'd like to proceed with their actions and most of the time these won't be challenged but there may be opportunities where you'll want to take the advantage such as get the drop on someone or parlay for a better deal or times where you might have to defend yourself either through a little bluffing or combat and during these occasions Tony will be asked to roll two six-sided dice. Have you got your dice ready, Tony? I do. Let's let's see if I can get a little foley here uh, with oh. a little bit of rolling. We'll, uh... I love dice rolling. Ooh, look at that. Fancy. All right. Yeah, we're picking that up. Very nice. All right. Uh, by the way, before we started, uh, did you want to do like a little uh, lucky roll to see how maybe we might get on? Do I want to do a lucky roll to see how I might get on? Yeah. Um, do a little... Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, I can. I can do that. Okay. Um, that sounds so ominous. What if I roll bad? Oh, it doesn't. Oh, oh well. Oh, what if I'm unlucky? Well, 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 we won't know until you roll it. That's what I mean. I guess that's true. Let's find out together. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I rolled an 11. So. <laughs> uh, Tony, you're, you've been the, probably the luckiest person so far who I've asked to do that. Most people either get a mixed success or a failure. You, you're, you're starting strong, I think. I think that bodes well for how this adventure might go. So, no, that's pretty good. Or I used all my luck right now. Oh, no, that, that is true. That's the other option. <laughs> that, is, that is a very good point. But... Obviously, depending on what role you get, we can also factor in small advantages that you might have going into a situation, such as the gear or special abilities your character might have, and then we'll add numbers to the final result. We may also take numbers away, depending perhaps if your character is in a very bad situation or maybe they've been hurt beforehand. So there's advantages and disadvantages to hold this thing. And yeah, essentially high numbers lead to great results and low numbers... Well, Tony, you've played role-playing games for quite a few years. I imagine you probably know what happens if you get a ro- low number, right? Yeah, I I fail. Uh, things <laughs> go bad. Uh, the 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 murderous GM is able to move in on me 
and use a hard move to wreck my day. Um, that is, you know, because because what is what are RPGs but a death dance of death between a, a dungeon master and a player? Exactly, absolutely. And uh, the explanation of the rules and the system are linked in the description below. Tony, before we start. Is there anything you'd like to say before we get into the adventure proper? Oh, only that I am super excited to explore a new part of the kingdom with you. I'm also very excited about doing that today. So I guess with that, we probably shouldn't stick around much longer. Although I do have to, uh, as per usual, have to warn you that the actions that you perform during this adventure aren't just going to affect your adventure. They're going to affect everything going forward so consider that in your decision making nothing ominous about that at all it should all be absolutely fine uh. oh no so with that let's go to a land out of time and out of place as we begin in the kingdom of trotlera But today we're actually going to start, well, we are starting in the Kingdom of Trotilera, but not as maybe you would expect it, because obviously when you think of Trotilera, you think of its fabulous castle, you think of its factories and its buildings and the people who live on the surface. Now we're going we're gonna to go a little bit deeper than that. We're going to start beneath Trotlera, as we talk about a part of the city that a lot of people probably don't think of, despite the fact that it provides a very important uh, important role in the running of the kingdom and the running of most of the rest of the island that the city of Trotlera is on. I am, of course, talking about its fabulous sewer system, which is where we will be starting with the character of today's episode. So, Tony... Please tell me, who are you playing as? Uh, I am playing uh, Undarda. Um, Undarda is a sewer dwarf. Uh, they are dark, uh, kind of shabby looking in appearance, which isn't entirely uncommon for sewer dwarfs. They do have uh, a beard with three immaculate braids in it with a couple different items just kind of woven in and out of it. Uh, usually you would see Undarda wearing um, a kind of a, a rain slicker, uh, like a full body um, one piece kind of workman's outfit slash rain slicker, giant rubber boots, rubber gloves uh, and there's a hood on the back that undar doc can pull up whenever they are are uh, in need of such a hood um but they are uh you know not not super tall as most sewer dwarfs are more diminutive even than other dwarfs it makes them especially good at getting through the the different pipes and tunnels that they have to go through they are very stout they are mm. equally stout to how wide they are so they are not small uh they're just short and very very broad uh so that is that is undarda sarfis and what do you say undarda's backstory is how did they end up in the sewers what do they what is their what do they do for a living uh 
Underda has spent 96% of their life under the streets of uh, the kingdom. Okay. Uh, they were born there. They were raised there. They lived there. Others sometimes adopt the sewers out of need. Uh, you know, some people uh, will come down to the sewers from time to time to try to solve a problem, but Underda didn't see the street until they were grown. Uh, so uh, Underda has spent most of their life. I mean, a couple trips up to the surface for need, uh, mostly under the tutelage of their masters to sell some goods, uh, but then back down to the sewers where Underda is, without a doubt, the most comfortable. Absolutely. And what kind of um, stuff does he do in the uh, in the uh, in the sewers? Yeah, well, Underda has had a number of roles in the sewer, which is not uncommon. The sewer is a little bit of a meritocracy. Like, mm. you are expected to find your role uh, in the sewer culture. Uh, and so I've, I've, you know, been a declogger uh, for a period of time. I was a tube hacker for a little bit. Uh, I was a film skimmer uh, for a very short period of time. Mm. Uh, then I spent... A, a good few years as a pastry chef oh. um, as well. Yeah. And so uh, sewer cuisine, uh, you know, like it's a very specialized type of preparation. It's a very moist environment. Mm. Uh, you've got to be careful with heat because of the methane fumes. Uh, you know, th- things can flare up really quickly. It's a very delicate prep process. Uh, it takes, takes a lot. takes a lot to learn how to do it right. Uh, but eventually, be- actually, the, all those broad skills led Undarda to becoming head technician of the sewers, these broad skills that Andarda had had undertaken over their, their time in the sewers have left them as uh, as one of the most equipped to deal with all the broad problems that come up within the technical realities of the sewers. So now they are head technician of the sewers. And oh, wow. so they have... Uh, you know, they have a lot of now administrative responsibilities. They miss just being able to roam the the tunnels and the pipes uh, to spend time in the kitchen. Uh, but now, you know, somebody somebody has to help organize things and keep the sewers running. And uh, Andarda is one of those people. Absolutely. What would you say three of his special skills are? Um, he is very intuitive. Like, if you don't learn how to navigate the sewers by feel... Uh, you you get lost at a very young age. Sometimes sometimes never to be found. It's very it's very it's one of the reasons the sewer dwarf population is so small. Hmm. Um, you also also very good at tinkering, uh, just because of all the different roles that Undar has taken on over time. Uh, Undar is what what friends call uh, him. So mm-hmm. and then um uh and then uh, sewer cuisine, obviously from my my time as a pastry chef. Uh cool. that's that's another big big skill of mine. What is their ex- what is their expertise or more so what's their special something that they uh defines them, do you think? Um they have a, a deep love of the the critters and the creatures oh. that you find down below. Um specifically they have a uh a dire rat uh oh. sidekick. It's it's runt, so it actually like Undar says it's a dire rat, but it looks like a very large normal rat, um, and he keeps it in a special pouch on his tool belt. Interesting, which I guess that uh, leads straight into the next question, which is what do they usually bring with them, either on work or just day-to-day gear? Yeah, so um, when you are when you're kind of navigating all the, the different parts of 
you know, making sure the sewers are running smoothly, you basically wear a lot of what people would if they were going down into, let's say, a dungeon on an adventure. Uh, so a lot of exploratory gear. Um, you know, there, there's a, a headlamp. Uh, we've got a, a pickaxe. Uh, we've got a 10-foot pole. We've got, you know, some rope. Uh, a couple a couple other little odds and ends that help get through the day and make sure that things uh, you, you can get around as much as you need to and kind of poke into the different places in the complex maze of tubes down below. Um, and then um, when you become a technician, a full technician in the sewers, you're given a, uh, a mithril technician's tool belt uh, that usually has, uh, you know, depending on what your expertise has been, um, usually has one or two kind of primary tools and then a small set of kind of common tools. And so he has a, uh, a big wrench on that and then a, a, uh, a adamantium spanner also too. Ooh. Just a bunch of other odds and ends that help, you know, just poke around down there. Excellent. So he's very much, he's very much the, the right man for the, for the job. The job being, of course, sewer work then. Yeah. Absolutely. Well... Being, obviously, the head technician of the sewers underneath Trottlera City, as he said, he does have a lot of administrative work to do. One of them being his tri-annual contract negotiations with King and Queen Hemlock of mm-hmm. Trottlera City. So, how does, he, how does he usually get to the surface? What's his um, means to do so? It depends on what part of the city uh, in the kingdom I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, usually I will just come up to the the nearest manhole mm-hmm. um, and it just, you know, kind of, you know, I make sure there's no one on it first because it, it is really like people have fallen in before and, you know, Undar and the other sewer doors, we know how to make it around down here, but retrieving a fallen in, you know, citizen of the kingdom from down here is one of the last things we want to have to do, um, and it can it can happen quick if you're not careful. So I, I you know, uh, under uh, tentatively kind of pokes up uh, a manhole typically. However, uh, for the triannual negotiations, uh, there's a bit more of ceremony to it. There is okay. there is uh, within the castle uh, a special golden manhole that I'm I I am I come out of whatever this is happening. Now I will say I do do the same thing, and there's also a button next to it that I am supposed to press whenever I come out, but it's it's very embarrassing, and I am I do not like the fanfare that goes off uh, when I press the button. You pop your eyes, then, out of the golden manhole and do see the uh, familiar sights of a dark stone room around you. You do see the button that you do need to press for fanfare and realize, okay, yep, this is that time again, and you do give it a press. Surprisingly, yes. this time there is no fanfare behind it. Something, uh. something seems a bit suspicious. There is a door, of course, out of this room, which usually somebody will open up for you and let you in, but um, no fanfare, no one has turned up. So what would you like to do? Um, I'm going to get out and uh, open it up and kind of brush myself off and... Uh, just the tool belt. <laughs> yep. And I'll go over, open the door. You Hello? You sit your head out and you shout hello. The hallways of Trottlera Castle are a lot quieter than you remember. Last time you came up here, they were... You had guards walking back and forth, formation. 
that does not seem to be the case at the moment. It almost seems relatively quiet here. That said, you do notice that there isn't a speck of dust anywhere, so it has recently been cleaned. It's just not as occupied as it used to be. Have have we noticed a significant decrease in uh, in cloggages or sewage activity coming out of the castle recently? You actually have. Yes, that is absolutely right. Essentially, for the past... Because over Christmas and over the ceremony of Pratt's birthday, uh, the Prince of the King and Queen, you do notice that uh, there is more activity that comes out of the castle. Not the case this year. Suspiciously so. And you did hear some news and rumblings that there may have been a change in management in the surface world, but not much more than that. So perhaps this might be related to that. You might need to look for somebody who can tell you a little bit more, I think. Uh, so I'll I'll keep on walking down the the hallways and, uh, you know, I, I'm... Uh, hello? Hello? The sounds of you shouting out hello eventually does catch the attention of two people who very quickly you hear the sound of armor jangling as they come round. Uh, how much do you remember kind of the people who live and work in the castle? Um, I have been up here once to do this before. Ah. Uh, I have had to come up on a few other minor events, but I have talked to different people every single time, and I have no idea. Okay, so these are who is who. Two. These are two completely different people to the last time you were here. Not that you really remember them, and they do look at you. This small, stout sewer dwarf, and one of them pulls a whistle out of their pocket and blows into it. The other one tries to pat around on their person and then says, Stop! Stop right there! Don't move a muscle! You're not going anywhere! Um, I mean, okay. Uh, I, um, I mean, I'm supposed to be here. I pressed the button. I hate pressing the button. I did it anyways. What, bu- um, what button? What button are you talking about? The the button at the golden portal? The guy looks completely confused, but seeing that you're not being immediately violent, he instead goes to grab a pair of handcuffs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm here. I'm here on kingdom business and I'm going to pull out my uh my my head technician, uh, you know, uh, uh from Dor- Sewer Dwarf Union ten thirty, okay. uh, and and flash it at him. See what? Let's do first roll of the game. I think roll two d six, and we're gonna add one for obviously your experience and your back story, which is the paperwork, and we'll add. We'll add another one as well, because you do have a technician's tool belt which does corroborate your story. So we'll add two to the final result of this. Yeah, making making a fake badge, that's easy. Making a fake technician's tool belt, that's hard. Exactly. Uh, that's going to give me a, uh, a nine total. Very nice. The guy kind of looks at you and he's like, We've had a very... We, we've had a spate of break-ins recently, so we are going to have to put the handcuffs on you, but we're going to take you to somebody who can corroborate your story, Okay. Um, you had a bunch of people breaking in through the sewers? Well, not through the sewers, no, through other parts of the castle, but you can never be too careful. I mean, I guess it sounds like y'all can't be too careful. All right, I, um, 
I mean, I guess go ahead and put them on me. Uh, you put your hands out then, and he slaps a pair of cuffs on them, and he's like, right, we're taking you to King Pratt then, and you can explain yourself to him. Wait, King Pratt? Yeah, so as you are brought through the castle, you do kind of see, um, like, to the left and right of you on the walls, there are bits of information that kind of fill you in about what has happened recently, which is about half a year ago, your uh, King Brennan, who you remember, this tall and very stout beastman, and his wife, Queen Manon, uh, disappeared. Uh, there was a search party put out for them by their son, Prince Pratt, who was looking for his p missing parents, but nothing really seemed to materialize. And unfortunately, this kind of ended up happening around the same time that a lot of economic and social issues were kind of cropping up in Trottle era, which all kind of came to a head, funnily enough, around Prince Pratt's birthday. So, in order to quell the people of Trotlera, he decided to put himself in charge. He has now made himself the king of Trotlera. At the I same time, I guess this this explains the lack of proper paperwork lately. It sure does. It also explains the fact of why nobody knows why you're here. Pratt ended up firing all of his father's old advisors because they basically left him to his own devices when he was trying to keep the country running and he decided no I'm bringing in new I'm bringing in my own people on this one and uh none of the advisors were kind enough to tell him that oh by the way now and again you're going to have to deal with uh the people of the sewer and the sewer technicians so uh look into that sir but you are eventually brought into the throne room then, and to the left of you, you see the paintings of the Hemlocks starting at Uriel, and then they get smaller and change shapes, until you recognize a face before the last three Hemlocks. That is Gustave Hemlock, who famously helped bring um, infrastructure into Trotilera City and helped with the development of the sewer system underneath it. Essentially, he's, he's got the biggest picture downstairs. Oh yeah, I bet he, <laughs> I bet he does. He's he's got an all right picture up here, but I'm sure he's got a very nice picture in the sewers. Yeah, it's right behind my desk. Uh, you know, we uh, <laughs> we you know we 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 give it a slap on our way way out the door every day too. Fantastic. And then it's his son, and then it's his son Brennan Hemlock, and then eventually it is Pratt Hemlock, who you then see sitting on his old father's throne, writing paperwork until you are brought in front of him. You recognise Pratt. You were here about three years ago, and at the time Pratt was, well, he essentially lived the life of a prince. He was outside in the garden, exercising, doing fencing, all that wonderful stuff. Not anymore. Now he has to do nothing but paperwork, as he has made himself the leader of Trotlera, but his eyes do brighten up, because I think he does recognize you. Uh, your, uh, your majesty, and I kind of, like, uh, <laughs> give a, a wave of my, my two kind of, uh, manacled hands and a, and a, you know, appropriate bow. Oh, I remember you, I think, um, you're... Uh, you're Dudar, right? You're no Undo, right? Um, Undar uh, un, un, uh, Da, under Under Da Surface. Oh, Under Da Surface. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, I didn't realize that was. <laughs> oh, you got me there. I didn't realize that was his <laughs> fun name. That's very good. 
Oh, Underdar! Oh, I do remember you now! Oh, God, it's been what? Two? Three years? I, it's been, it's been, I ain't two and a half because I, I was up here for, uh, for the uh, you know the the last negotiation, and then I was up here uh, when there there was a pretty bad clog. Uh, we don't have to get into the specifics. Oh gosh, uh, no. you, I think you remember what happened, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. So I had to come in for that one. Oh right, okay. Oh, did nobody tell you about what had ha- what what's happened up here? Uh, no. People usually send down a notice in the pneumatic tubes when there's uh, big developments. Uh, I heard I heard your parents went missing. Did I mean? No one asked. Did anybody check the sewers, though? Uh, I think we had to look down the sewers a little bit. We didn't. We didn't really find anything at the time. Um, no evidence of that. I mean, if I had for, I could have asked you if you had seen them. Have you seen uh, them? I, I have not. I have not seen them. I've. I've not. I mean, you know, uh, we weren't looking for them. We could have been. Um, but we haven't seen them either. Oh, okay. Well. I was looking for him pretty hard for a while, but then, you know, a lot of stuff kind of poked their heads up and, ha- and you know, in Trotlar City and the rest of the kingdom. So, you know, I think people are expecting me to kind of pull my trousers up and lead a little bit. So, even though I do miss them a bit, I still need to find them. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, there's just so much going on on Dardar. And, like I said, we did send people, we did send stuff down the pneumatic tubes, and we even sent somebody the other day to talk to the sewer people. Did they never turn up? Uh, they did not. Um, and I, I don't think we've seen anything in the tubes. Like, we've sent up reports, but we haven't seen anything down in, like, the last six to eight months. He looks at his new advisors then, and they all kind of, like, yeah, they all sort of, like, look confused because... And then they whispered to Pratt and they said, no, we have been, we've been sending stuff down. No, we have been doing stuff. And he's like, her, oh, okay. Um, I'm tired. I mean, do, oh. do, y'all, do y'all know how to use the tubes? Like it is, it's not, uh, it's not what I would call an intuitive process. Oh um, no, I, I know. That's why I've hired people to help me out with that because oh, I wouldn't know what lever to pull or what button to press. It's all very, you know, it's all a lot to it, but Apparently, we have been sending stuff down, but uh, it's not. I guess maybe it's just not reaching the right people. Uh, you're you're a sewer guy, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, head technician of uh, Sewer Guild Ten Thirty. Uh, you know, commissioned by uh, by your father. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm happy to help however we can. It's I mean, it's our job to keep things running. I'm, I'm if there's a backup somewhere. We should take care of it, especially if it's been months. Yeah. Uh, because the. The pressure will build. Oh, God, yeah, and that'd be... Oh, yeah, we have... Oh, yeah, no, I don't even want to think about that. Uh, I'm Darter, follow me. I need a... We need We need a... We might need to hash this out, all right? Uh, I mean, that's... That is 100% why I'm here, even though I didn't know this is the type of hashing we would be doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, he brings you, then, into uh, the Hemlock Library, where a lot of planning happens. Uh, at no point has he noticed that your arms are still in front of you and you're still in ha- in, in handcuffs. As he is well, ho- here's, here's actually what I would love to do. Sure. If possible. Uh, I would love to make a tinkering roll to be wearing these handcuffs, but not actually be restrained by these handcuffs. Absolutely. Roll 2d6 plus... Yeah, we'll add one for tinkering and add a, we'll add another one as well because you're in a pretty good situation for this. So add two. 
Uh, that is going to be 8 plus 2 is 10. Very good. Yep, so you have loosened the mana calls then, and you could take them off at any point, but just for, I don't know, t- just to keep up appearances, yeah, they are like... Yeah, I don't I don't want to be rude. No, of like, course I mean, not. in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Um, Pratt is pushing across bits of paperwork and stuff like that, and he goes, So, we did send a guy down a couple of days ago called Ricky Business, who was going to have a look at... Uh, something that had happened down there, and I think we did mention go and speak to the sewer technicians, but, well, he hasn't come back, and I assumed that maybe it was because, I don't know, uh, maybe he'd found something down there, or, you know, he was sulking or something like that, but, I mean, if there's blockages... Um, Sometimes people do find true love down in the sewers, but it is more often that they find... Uh, a whirlpool of death or a miasma of, um, well, let's just call it matter that has coalesced into a sentient beast and uh, consumes them entirely uh, if we don't get it taken care of in advance. But uh, All right. yeah, it could be it could be love, too. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'd like that more than any of the other ones. But well, I don't know. Well, we got to find evidence to where he's gone. And, you know, he did have a supply truck on him. So, you know, that's kind of gone up in the air as well. So. I don't know, maybe you... I think you're going to have to be manning a rescue mission to find him and find the stuff, and hopefully from there we can try and, you know, iron some stuff out. I mean, it it won't be the first time we've had to do it. I mean, uh, you know, usually, usually uh, we get a pretty fresh start on it, but, uh, you know, we've sometimes we don't know for a couple of weeks when someone's gone missing. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure we can work it out. No, nope. well, that sounds great, as he pushes a bit of paper over to you. So we sent him to just outside the kingdom where some of the runoff pipes are. Section C, Section 3, Section B. Uh, it's, it's one of those, sec- I mean, you know this stuff better than me on Dardar. So, I mean, if you can just start there and, you know, have a look around. And, you know, if you find the guy, great. If you don't, well, obviously, we're going to have to put together a funeral service and stuff for him, which is going to be pretty sad. But, you know, we got to do it. And also, we got to find the supplies as well, because, you know, you guys need that stuff. Uh, yeah, it has been getting a little bit of lean down there, but I, I will say I did I did put together a little something special. These these were your dad's favorites, and I mm. hand him a wax paper wrapped uh, set of uh, of our our um, uh, brown baked biscuits. Um, and uh, they have a certain look to them that isn't entirely appealing, mm. uh, but uh his his dad always made a big deal out of how much he loved him whenever I would bring him up. Brennan Henwalt was a big fan of those snacks. Uh, roll... Uh, roll 2d6 plus uh, sewer cuisine. Um, there isn't going to be like a big downside to this. This is more so if you can get something extra out of um, <laughs> baking or buttering up. So I rolled a 9 plus 1. Oh um, boy. <laughs> um, Pratt kind of looks at them then like a little bit conf- like... Mm. Because Pratt is like, you know, his dad kind of had like a kingly shape to him. He was big and he was very broad and whatever. Pratt's just kind of more of like a bit of a jock, essentially. Like, you know, last time you saw him, all he did was exercise and stuff like that. Mostly because when he was a little boy, he had a bit of a weight problem. Mostly from eating treats like this. But he's looking at it and he's like, well, I am king now. So dad did like these a lot. Uh, He puts those biscuits in his mouth and he starts chewing on them. Oh, and his big blue eyes, they light up. Oh, he's smi- Oh, he's liking these a lot. He hasn't had sugar in years as he looks at you and he goes, You don't have any more of these, do you? 
I could. I mean, I could. I could certainly make another batch. Um, we probably will have to find the supplies first. Uh, that was that was really the last little bit of extra we had. Oh, oh don't worry about that. I can I can give you extra supplies. Uh, hey, hey and, and listen. Uh, and he kind of fruits around in his pockets. Uh, he hands you a small bag of gold as kind of like a thank you for the snack. Uh, if you need anything from Trotlara City or whatever to help you, um, uh, use that. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, uh, for sure. All right, cool. Oh, well, uh, good luck to you. And, um, yeah, uh, it, ho- hopefully you can come back alive so you can give me more of those sewer treats, all right? Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll whip up a couple things if I can. Oh, brill. All right. So, uh, Pratt has given you a starting location. He is giving you a name, and he has given you a rough description of what this guy looked like. He was a... Uh, a noble uh, elf, uh, tall, blonde-haired, uh, wore a lot of red, essentially. So that should hopefully make him easier to find in the sewer system. Uh, and his name was uh, Ricky Business. And the supplies that he brought with him were kind of stuff... Uh, food. Well, food supplies was one of the main things, but also, like, you know, repair equipment and materials and stuff like that as well. And he started at a pipe system just outside of the city limits, a runoff pipe. So, before you head off, is there anything you want to do to prepare? Anything you want to, like, look at or get more information about? Um, have, is Ricky, is Ricky Business a new noble, or is he an established noble who I would have met before? He is a new noble. Okay. Um... I would uh, maybe ask, maybe not the, maybe not King Pratt. Uh, he seems busy and maybe potentially not as helpful as I want. Mm. Uh, are the are the other two still around? Oh, what the other? Oh, what the uh, two guards or the um? Oh, what's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They can be. Uh, uh, so um, uh, what do you guys know about Ricky? Ricky business. Oh well, uh, yeah. I mean, what do you want to know about him? Uh, I mean, like, is he, uh, why did, why did he get picked to go down into the sewer? I mean, I love it down there. My experience is a lot of people don't want to go down there. Um, usually they'll just like drop the supplies off at the edge of the runoff pipe and then send a, a pneumatic tube down to say like, Hey, I, I dropped him off, come and get him." Um, and you know, I, I, I just didn't know. I mean, like, does he like sewers? Is he, is he, was, you know, was he, was he looking for love? Like, uh, what do you, I mean, tell me, tell me his biz. Uh, well, he's not much of a fan of, um, not much of a fan of sewers. Not sure about love. Does like money though. And, uh, I think that was the reason he did it. Pratt was looking for somebody who would go down there. He wasn't too keen until Pratt basically matched what he was asking for. And, well, he got half up front, and then he was meant to be getting the other half when he came back. But, well, that hasn't happened. All right, so it's looking less like love. Uh, love can't change a person's heart, though. Um, all right. Uh, well, thanks. Um, and <laughs> maybe on the way out, I'll stop by a, a bakery goods supply store and spend uh, some of this gold on on some uh, some additional basic supplies for baking baking goods. Okay, um, in that case, then, we will change those gold coins into baking material, then. So you now have additional baking material, which you may be able to use Excellent. during the course of this adventure. Which, which is what every good adventurer needs. Exactly. 
So, do you want to start where Ricky Business started, or do you want to... I don't know, you are the you are the sewer technician. You may know other ways to get to maybe where he started. So, how do you want to approach this? First things first. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go check the pneumatic tubes and just see if the settings are right, because... I mean, as far as I know, these guys could have just been shooting their missives up into the air instead of down into the ground. Very true. Uh, you are sent into the uh, pipe room then of Trottlera Castle. It is where the uh, it is uh, one of the hots just outside. Actually, you do have a look at the pneumatic system, and as far as you can tell, everything is right as rain. Okay. On their end. Um, I'm going to check just the pressure on all the tubes. I'm actually going to manually open all the tubes and make sure the pressure flow feels right. You notice that the pressure in, um, in this, uh, the, every, all the pipes and all the settings in this room pressure wise are correct, but you do notice that the airflow coming back from the sewer feels a little bit weak as there may be a blockage. Hmm. All right. Uh, does that tube pass through the same, uh, the same section that uh, Ricky Business disappeared in? Yes. Um, y- you right. would have to. You would have to go a little bit deeper in from where Ricky Business started, but eventually those pipes do meet up. Okay, that's that. Yeah, I, I just. I'm just thinking. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like. Okay, like I'm just looking for the bigger picture here. There, it sounds like there's some sort of pretty, pretty ominous blockage down here. Mm. So. Um, you know, I'll um, you know, I'd send a message down, but it's not gonna get there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who knows how many are already down there? So, uh, um, no, I, I think after that, you know, we'll we'll head out um, as under under the main street sewer line until we get get to that area. So, like, I will go back into the sewer. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm 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 not going deep. I'm basically just following the street level paths. Works for me. You find yourself back in the comfortable return of the sewer system. Then. Oh, I just I just breathe it in for a second uh, and let it kind of soak back in. Oh yeah, oh, that's the good stuff. The smell of All right. fresh air makes you a little bit too lightheaded on the surface. It's a bit too clean. Yeah, this, like, this, I, this is right. <laughs> you know, I start thinking thoughts I've never thought before, and I I don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and being this near to the surface, these are. Probably the cleanest of the sewer pipes. They're um, but they're also the like the least occupied. The people who are, um, who live within the sewer area are, you know, they live a little bit deeper. That's not quite their um, yeah. Yeah, this is this is the front of house, right? Like this is what we show the customer, uh, the city. Like you know, we want we want to make sure that whenever somebody looks down to the sewer, they see what they think of as sewer, but we think of as basically a street. Exactly. Um, and so yeah, we we keep this place pretty clean. It's not it's not home. It's work. Exactly. And you are now going to follow along until you find this pipe. First things first. Your sewer senses are tingling, so roll 2d6 and we'll add intuition to this. (laughs) I rolled two sixes. Oh, boy. Uh, That's a 13. Box cares. Alrighty. As you get near to the pipe system, then, um, 
here's the first thing you notice. The thing has been completely dismantled. Air is just rushing out of this thing, and let's say before you headed down, you sent like a test message down the pipe. That is now yeah. that is now in a puddle on the floor. Uh, are there other messages? Like, do I see like old tubes? Um, any um any any other stuff that may have been sent down there? No, it is. It looks like it has been picked clean in say. Okay. If they send stuff down there every day, somebody must have done this, like, that stuff is just gone, essentially. Okay. Uh, All right. With your little bit, because you've got box cars, though, you have a look and see what may have caused it, because, you know, it might have been extra pressure, and so the bolts might have burst on it. No. You see evidence that the thing has been dismantled. The screws are missing uh, from the pipe. Well, uh, did they uh, did they take it off in a uh, uh, in an approved sewer technician guild technique, or is this just slipshod work? Slipshot work. Uh, does it look uh, Does it look forceful? Yes. And uh, does it look like uh, like it was ripped off, or is there signs of like melting or burning or? Freezing, even like uh, it happens sometimes down here, but yeah. but not not super often. It looks like it was torn off. the um, The pipe that led to it uh, is bent out of shape. Mm. Got to think of all the people I know who could just rip a pipe out of the wall. There's only like four, mm. and they're pretty they're pretty they're pretty good folks. I don't I don't think any of them would have done something like this, uh, and certainly. Certainly wouldn't have made off with officials. I mean, they're all members of the guild. They wouldn't have made off with official of course not. sewer guild you, the, missives. They're trustworthy people. You know, they, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you know what we always say in the sewers? Water is thicker than blood. So, <laughs> Especially the water um, in the sewer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, and so, um, yeah, I uh, start looking around. I, I, I get a little worried. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I try to see if there's... You know, I'm I'm looking at the junction. I'm trying to think, like, okay, why why would somebody do this? You know, what what's what's near here in the sewers that that might be important? That is a very good question. Uh, roll again, and we'll add intuition to this. Uh, intuition. This is going to make a seven. Alrighty, you notice that along the walls and along where that pipe was ruined you do notice scratches on the wall but because you rolled a seven you don't get a very good idea of what these scratches belong to but they're very large okay. i pull i pull out glint my rat and uh i, I, I look at he's look at his eyes he squeaks at you yeah hey uh Buddy, I, I need you to do me a favor. Um, just like uh, I need you to go down the tube a little bit uh, and and check and see what the next stop is. Like I know this doesn't go all the way through to headquarters. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell me that the next place this goes to, and then uh, and then catch back up with me? Uh, he squeaks. Um, roll uh, roll two d six, and we'll add plus one for a pet animal. Uh, that's eight. Very nice. Glint nods then. If if rats can nod, I, I guess they they can in this. Glint, Glint nods. Yeah, yeah Glint, he definitely nods. Uh, you stick him down the pipe then with a nice shoomp, 
and he starts to crawl down to see where the pipe goes. And eventually you do hear a squeaking further down the line. And I'll, uh, I'll go make my way down that way. Excellent. You are reaching a larger room. This is maybe a, a junction that they would use in the sewers to kind of divert water in different places. You can see above you there is a grating where sunlight is peeling through. This may be a just outside of the city limits, one of those walls. And you can kind of see like dancing grass around it as well. But uh, you do hear Glint squeaking through one of the other pipes. But you have a horrible feeling that it's not just you and Glint in here. I uh, I pull out my my mithril wrench uh, and just get it ready in my hand, and I uh, I kind of like I bang on the pipe in sewer code, uh, and I'm just like, uh, uh, this is uh, which is a way we communicate, by the way, in case anybody is listening there and isn't familiar with sewer code. Oh, sure. It's the way that the guild members communicate with each other. You can tap on the pipes and it go go a long longer distance. The uh, uh, and I'm like, this is uh, you know, uh, this is under da uh, head technician, uh, guild ten thirty. Uh, anyone there? No response. Uh, uh, you know, like like uh, J- Jimmy, is that you, <laughs> Ricky? Uh, Ricky, I mean Ricky, business. Are you there, Jimmy? I know, I know, you're gonna rip a pipe off, but I don't think you did this. I know you're mad that you didn't get your last raise, but you're already at Union Max. Roll two d six. Prepare for something. Uh, uh, flat roll is nine. Oh boy. Okay. You are knocking then on the pipes. You're trying to get sewer code out. Like, Ricky, you there? Jimmy, you there? Is anybody there? But as you are doing this, you hear the sound of wet footsteps next to you. Fortunately, before this thing gets a chance to lunge, you step out of the way. And you- uh, I... I whip around and flip on my, my headlamp so I can see clearly. Oh, this thing, uh, the moment you spray it in light, it ducks out of the way. It is moving towards the darkness. Do I uh, do I recognize this thing at all? Roll 2d6 plus intuition. Uh, that's going to be an 8. That's an 8. It has the tail and the shape of a very large rat. Glint. Glint. I think we're we're I think we're gonna need a bigger wrench. <laughs> Glint squeaks <laughs> from the pipe that he's in. I, I get 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 to her release valve and get out here. I'm gonna need you, Glint. All right, that's what Glint's gonna do, and you're gonna prepare yourself with a bigger wrench, yeah. Well, I don't. I actually have my biggest wrench out. Oh so, no! So, uh, oh boy, I'm not, I'm not in great shape. Oh here. no! Uh, okay, so you want to kind of you want to maybe find a way out of this situation then? Uh, no, I'll, I'll put the wrench back and I'll grab my pickaxe. All right. Okay. Um. So, do you want to just kind of prepare for another? At- um. If this thing tries to get another attack, you want to try and defend yourself then? Yeah. I. I yeah. I'm, I've got my back to the wall. I've got my my pickaxe up. Um. You know, I, I, I may, if I feel like I can make it to the light uh, coming in through that grate, I'm going to try to make my way 
cue the light because this thing does does not like the light, nope. and and that is where where I want to be. Okay, roll two d six. That's a ten. Oh boy, you managed to get your way. Not only do you manage to get that pickaxe in your hand, but you also managed to get away to that light. Basically, a nice big blue circle around you now, as you kind of stand in this illuminated area. Also, with a lamp on your head, as you're kind of looking back and forth, uh, you feel glint uh, climb up your leg and back into your pocket, as uh, they have managed to get to safety as well. Uh, whatever this creature is, seems to now be staying back a little bit. Like, perhaps they realize they might be a little bit outmatched by the fact that you have a pickaxe in your hand. Um, I, I, uh, uh, Glint, do you, do you know this individual? Is this, is this a family member, maybe? <laughs> Glint, Glint shakes his head back and forth. All right, um, so, like, I, I, I just don't. I don't want you to get upset about anything that happens here. Are you going to be okay? Like, you clo- close your eyes if you need to. Uh, Glint puts his rat, his rat hands over his eyes. All right. Um, and, uh, uh, all right. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you can understand me. Um, I am here looking for Ricky Business. My name is, uh, Undarda. I'm head technician, Guild 1030. Um, there's there's a blockage in the area. There there's some pipe damage. Um, if if you did it, I'm sure it was by accident. Um, maybe you're hungry. Maybe you need help. Uh, but uh, you know we're we're here to serve, and but we're also got to make sure that the pipes keep running. You can't do this kind of damage. I can probably let you off with a warning this time, but uh, but you we're, you you can't do this. Also, have you seen Ricky Business? He's an elf who wears red. <laughs> no response. Um. All right. Well. Uh. I am going to kind of look for the next, like the next pool of light, uh, and try to quickly make my way to the next, like, kind of opening. Or even if, like, if if I don't see a pool of light nearby, I'll look for the nearest, like, manhole. Yeah, sure. Because uh, I'm going to start poking light down into the sewer. That works. Okay, roll 2d6. Uh, that's a six. Oh, boy. You decide then that whatever this creature is maybe still might be in this area. It may not be. You're not going to stick around and find out any longer but you're going to head towards a next source of light, so perhaps the next junction. As you yes. venture into this junction, you notice something quite unbelievable. It is an enormous rat's nest, more bigger than perhaps... It's far bigger than anything Glint or any, any of his family could achieve, uh, you know, if they had months or years to do so. Now, this, this is gigantic... Like, you know, they've been using bits of sheet metal and stuff like that, you know, to kind of cover it up. And as you get a good look at this big old thing, something grabs you on the back. It's now rodeoing you. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to do what we were always taught to do in this situation. 
uh, in technician school, and that is uh, that is stop, drop, and roll over on your back and hope the thing drowns in the shallow water underneath. Oh, you. that's a good idea. Uh, roll, roll two d six, and we'll add one for. Uh, well, we'll add one for history and then add another one because I like the idea, so let's add two to this. <laughs> that's another six. Oh, with the two? Oh, with the two? No, that's a seven. Oh, boy. All right, that's great then. Okay, you then, okay, you decide to just drop and you just land on your back as this creature goes with you then. Um, it loses its grip as it is trying to escape, but... It is still thrashing about, essentially. Um, roll 2d6 to see if, perhaps, uh, just in case you get nicked by it. Uh, I rolled an 8. Okay. You do get a small scratch across your shoulder. Um, you can either take one harm or... Hmm. Actually, no. Um, yeah, you take one harm from this as blood now okay. starts squirting out of your shoulder and starts pooling around you. Unfortunately. Uh, all right. Um, once it once it loses its grip, I'm like, uh, <laughs> Glint, squeak. I need you to translate for me. All right. Uh, wait, no, squeak. <laughs> That's what it said. It said squeak. Uh, and I say. Uh, uh, tell it, tell it I don't want to hurt it. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Tell it, uh, tell it I, I've got food if it's hungry. Squeakity squeak. Tell it I, I need it to not hurt the sewer, but we can find a safe place for it to be. Squeak. No response from the creature as it seems to have gone under the water. All right. Well, it doesn't seem to be responding. If you if it pops out again, Glenn, I need you on that message ASAP. Glint nods. Um, I'm gonna take my uh my ten foot pole. All right. Uh, and start like poke poking around in the water. Uh, you don't immediately you don't feel anything with a ten foot pole. Uh, well. That's we're in one of those eleven foot sections of water. <laughs> these are funnily enough. These are these are the dangerous spaces of the sewer. Yeah, I sh- I should say uh, so, that, especially considering that giant's rat, that giant rat nest to the side as well. Yeah. Um, do I see other rats in this rat nest, or is it just like is there no no other rats? There around? are no other rats around. Because uh, I know where there's one rat. There's normally more rats. Um. I I am going to do a very dangerous thing. All right. Um, and that is I am going to uh, find a few flammable objects and create an open fire in the sewer. I'm going to try to use some of these uh, this sheet metal and these baking supplies to uh, to make something to appease this uh, this rat creature. Oh boy. Okay. 2d6 and lads, one for tinkering, one for technician tool belt, and another one for your baking supplies. That is plus three. Um, do I get plus one for sewer cuisine, or is there a max of plus three? Uh, no, I, we'll, we'll do another plus one for sewer cuisine. So yeah, plus four then. Um, that's going to be a 10. Oh boy, okay. 
And what was the intent? Um, you, yeah, what was the intent of uh, this? I'm, I am making a, I'm starting a fire. I am making a, like with some of the sheet metal, uh, a cooking surface, and then I am making scum griddles, um, uh, which are kind of like, kind of like uh, a frittata, but made mostly with moss and whatever you skim off the top of the water. Okay. It's a very, I mean, like, seasonally, the flavor changes a lot. Oh, absolutely. You don't see anything from the rat that jumped on your back, but you do start to hear squeaking coming out of the rat's nest. And eventually, you do see beady eyes sticking out of the thing. Quite a lot of them, in fact. Oh, man. Um, are they, are they like, smaller beady eyes? The beady eyes are about as big as your eyes. Oh, I meant, I meant, are they smaller than like the rat? Do these look like they're the same size as the rat creature? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I'm just going to keep on like, as I'm, as I'm finishing, I'm going to start like tossing, like, I'm like, you know, I'm flipping them up a couple of times. I'm flipping them over. Uh, and then I'm, I'm flopping them over towards the rat nest. Okay. Like not, not in, but near. You see human size rat paws push it um, like stretch out grab them and then quickly retrieve them um i'm gonna start like doing a little bit of a trail back towards me as i'm making making oh these, you're, like, you're uh, doing a trail of reese's pieces from the uh, yes yes the rat's nest. you see little faces uh, and, and i'm and i'm singing i'm singing an old <laughs> an old sewer song uh about uh, that you know, everybody assumes is a joke, but it's about it's about the giant rats that live here uh, and how they'll carry off your baby. It's a lullaby we sing uh, <laughs> to to children on a regular basis. You see rat faces poking out as they sniff for more food, but then they do see you, and they immediately they they're just pulling their faces back. They don't they they're too afraid to engage. I send I say hey Glenn. Glint, go go over and tell him it's okay. Glint goes out of your pocket then and wanders over and starts to squeak at the door. One of the rat faces pops out and says, I'm afraid I don't speak rat. Oh, well, I, I kept on calling out and uh, no one answered. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh okay. Didn't um, want to answer. Uh, uh well now I uh now I feel a little embarrassed I feel a little uh <laughs> a little specious uh, I I'd like to apologize that's okay apology accepted um I there was some uh there was some recent sewer damage I uh I came down here to repair it um and uh, I mean like I, I I I you have a beautiful home y'all have made here I I cannot. I cannot have you damaging guild and city property, though. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy to help in any way we can. The guild is here to serve all all the denizens of the underneath. Okay, as says the rat person, popping his head out for a little bit, looking over at you, and then pulling pulling his head back again. Uh, you get an idea that the creature that attacked you was probably one of these people. Um, did y'all, no one's in trouble. <laughs> did, 
Did y'all damage some pipes recently? <laughs> the face pops out and goes, Uh, uh, no. Like they would have had these inside of him, and I'll hold up the, the tube canister from <laughs> the test message I sent Oh, down. the face pulls back and he's like, Oh, oh I, I don't even know what that is. I, I've never seen that before. Uh, what about you guys? Have you ever seen that? No, we, we haven't seen it either. You get <laughs> what is my intuition? Tell your intuition me? <laughs> tells you about lying. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, no one's in trouble. I I do have to fix it. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if y'all. Know, I don't know. Do y'all know what? Do y'all have jobs? Like, do y'all? Do y'all? Uh, I mean, like, I don't. I mean, I don't want to assume you don't work hard. Obviously, you've built this beautiful place. You're you're taking care of each other. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into building up a a home and a community. But uh, are y'all familiar with jobs? <laughs> They've come very quiet as you ask them if any of them. Um, so it's, it's the idea that like you do something and then I give you griddle cakes or things to make griddle cakes or shiny things that you can use to exchange for things to make uh, scum griddles. Okay, like what? Um, mostly climbing through, I mean, like there's all, you could do whatever you want. I mean, you could, I mean, you know, like there's no limit to what you could do. Uh, you could be, I was a baker for a little while. So I made, I made things like this for people and they would give me these, these shiny things. And, uh, I uh, used to cut, I used to cut, like, I, like I used to the tube you, you, uh, that someone broke. I used to have to do that and then put in new tube parts. Um, I used to have to, uh, uh, help skim things out of the water to test for different, uh, levels and presences of, uh, of chemicals and substances and, uh, materials. We don't need to get into what kind of materials exactly. It's not a really appropriate talk for the table. Um, uh, there's all kinds of jobs down here, and y'all seem like you have are pretty uniquely suited to some of the type of work that uh, 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 the guild does on a regular basis. You, you hear, like, rat chattering, and then they're like, appointment appointed spokesperson sticks his head out again. I thought y'all didn't speak rat. What's the, oh. Oh well, no, they're all well. They're all do- talking in hushed tones to one another. Oh, you just hear them. I hear them chattering with each yeah. other. I got it. Um, the appointed person sticks their head back out and he goes, "Oh, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work." I mean, that's kind of the idea. Um, but it may not be a lot of work. It may just be certain work sometimes, and not damaging pipes. Also, I do have to ask a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, have y'all seen a um? Uh, somebody like me, but taller and thinner, and they were wearing all red, and they had a bunch of supplies with them. Oh, the rat pulls his head back in, and then you hitch. No one's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the rat puts his head, his head back, his face back out, and he goes, "Oh, oh, I'll never hear to somebody like that. I, I don't even know what red is." Your intuition um, is telling you this guy is still lying. Yeah, you see this stuff that's coming out of me right here? Uh, <laughs> this color right here? Mm-hmm. That's that's red. You've seen it just right here. Uh, this guy would have been covered in it, which now sounds incredibly ominous talking to you. Um, I, I'm, I don't know if you know what the word ominous means, and if you don't, it just means wonderful. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Uh, 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 no... 
okay, I'm going to look at all the stuff they've built. Is it obviously made out of supplies that would have come down in this Some run? Some of the stuff is made out of supplies, yeah. <laughs> um, well, great. If if he if we could find him, or if we just knew what happened to him, let's say he fell down uh, a whirlpool of death, or maybe he fell in love down here and ran off with somebody, some beautiful rat lady. Um, if we just knew what happened to him, then I could probably like count that as a job and give you some stuff. What kind of stuff? I, I mean, I guess, what do you want? Like, that's the nature. This is the beautiful. So here's the thing. Um, there, there's pros and cons to every system of, of both governance, uh, as well as economic theory. And here's the deal right now. What we're doing is something called bartering. It's my favorite. Uh, it is. It is the statement of what do you want and I'll do my best to get it to you if I can get good information. Information that is uh, as as accurate as possible, the better things I can get you and the more of it I can get you. Have you got food? I mean, I get you more food, absolutely. Okay, more food would be good. Right, but I have to get the info. See, the way it works <laughs> is the job is you give me the information and then I get you the food. Yeah, but if you get us food first, maybe we could give you information. No, but see, I already gave you food, right? <laughs> so you've gotten some food and now you give me the information and then I give you more food. And then if I need more information in the future or if I need a pipe ripped off the wall, I need you to not rip pipes off the wall I don't need ripped off, but I need pipes ripped off the wall a surprising amount. Uh, I would come to you uh, and give you more food and other stuff in exchange for ripping those specific pipes apart. <laughs> the rat pulls his head back in and continues to talk with the rest of the rat people. <laughs> Glint, I don't know how this is going. Do you have any idea? What are you thinking? Glint shrugs its rat shoulders at you. He, he doesn't think this is going very well. The rat people, the rat guy sticks his head out and he goes, Ah, I think maybe we'll be able to give better information if we can get more food. Um, well, um, I tell you what, I will give you all the rest of these griddle cakes. I've got like four. It's not that many left. Um, uh, in exchange for two pieces of information and I, and I hold up like four fingers and two fingers. Okay. So you get four things and I just get two things, but the two things you give me have to be accurate and they have to be true. Uh, uh, okay. But then you get four things. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, four is a lot. You're getting a lot out of this deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay, all right, yeah, I think I can do that. All right. So I need to know what actually happened to Ricky Business, the guy who was wearing this color, and I point at my shoulder where it's horribly bleeding, uh, who came down here, and, you know, he had stuff like this, and then I point at the different parts of what they built that are made out of the obvious supplies yeah. that they have stolen. Uh... <laughs> Ah, uh, well, you see, um, I want to imagine at this point, have you been just kind of like edging forward towards the rat's nest, kind of like getting a better idea of what's going on? Um, 
I mean, like, if I think I can get a better angle as far as what's happened inside, yeah. looking inside to see if I can see any sign of Ricky, then absolutely. Tell you what, yeah, let's say because of the griddle cakes, that's absolutely what happens. Um, roll 2d6, and we'll add plus one for intuition and plus one because you've kind of opened the deal here. Uh, that's going to be a 10. That's 10. Uh, <laughs> it's not a very large rat's nest, but here's some information that you do get. Um... There's uh, the one rat guy that you're talking to. Uh, there's maybe about nine of our rat people behind him of various shapes and sizes. Uh, Ricky Business is uh, tied to a chair with a bit of tape over his mouth. Or at least who you assume, based on the description, is Ricky Business. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to cast any disparagements, but is that Ricky Business? <laughs> Because he, I mean, like, he doesn't look like a sewer dwarf, and he doesn't look like a, um, a vermin. Uh, Ricky Business is just, like, because he can't say anything, he's just doing big eyes at you, like, he's, like, shaking his head, like, yes, that's me, and, like, get me out of here, for God's sake. While, uh, the rat guy is just, like, oh, him, oh, I don't know who he is, he didn't tell me his name. Well, yeah, I understand that. Did you ask him his name? Okay, you didn't ask him his name. That's fine. Uh, so that's one piece of information, right? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll take the second piece of information. Instead, I'll just wipe that off uh, if you just let me take Ricky with me. The rat closes the door again to talk to his people again. And then he opens it so it's just a crack so the eye's looking for it and he's like No No we're we're gonna okay. ho- we're gonna keep hold of him. I mean what what is what good is he to you? You might have friends. I mean he does have friends. I mean obviously I came down here and remember like we talked about a bunch of other things first, but then I did say I did have to ask you about this guy. Um uh, one of his friends does have the ability to flood the entire sewers, drowning everybody. Um, you, you and my family included. So I would love to that not to happen. I don't know that he would. He probably wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't be good for anybody. Uh, but he is a very powerful friend. And um, uh, I would like, I mean, like, I, you have only been a legend uh, to my people until this point. Um, I am. I am very thrilled to meet you. I don't know that anybody will believe me. I would I would actually love to to hire you uh, and pay you well for things, but I would also love for you uh and me to not get um I don't know, uh horribly drowned by uh by a powerful person who might be upset if Ricky business does not come back. Okay. Could you give us a second? I I mean I can give you like a minute. If you want. <laughs> He closes the door again, and you see him all muttering back and forth, and like a lot of it sounds quite panicked. And then he sticks his little face back, and he goes, "Could you like stab like three foot away from the door, please?" Can I stand? Th- I can. I mean, I can stand three feet away. Wait, I'm gonna stand five, six feet away from the door. But okay, yes. you, you do stand away from the door then. <laughs> okay, the, the rat looks through the door at you. Uh. A second later, the door explodes open, and you see ten rat people just escape this enormous rat's nest. 
Uh, Is Ricky still in there? You pop your head in and Ricky Business is tied to the chair still. Um, I, I'll, I'll cut him free with, I'm sure I have a yeah, small sharp device do. with me of some uh, sort. You pull, you pull um, the, uh, you pull the tape of his mouth and you cut him free and <sighs> I didn't think I was going to get out of that one. <laughs> oh, good thing you managed to get them talking for that long. Uh, what happened to the big one? The big one? Uh, I don't know. I tried to drown one of them. I saw. Were those not the big ones? Oh God! <laughs> oh, okay. That was probably the big. Okay, that was uh, that was the big one. Then. Oh, well, good job, chap. Oh, you really saved my bacon there. Uh, yeah. Let's not let's not make a lot of loud statements about food until we are not near an area infested by giant rat people. <laughs> yeah, good good idea, my man. All right. Um. But yeah, you do notice that the supplies they send down have just been turned. Like they've just been incorporated into this nest. There's like no getting them back. Yeah. I, I'm okay with oh, that. Sure. I'm 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 hundred percent I mean like, you know, I, I don't I don't begrudge people their needs, especially uh mythical creatures I didn't know existed until this very moment that I was terrified of as a child. Oh, of course. Like, uh that's fine. Um I, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, his royal majesty sent me to come find you. Um, uh, I will say, um, I, I don't know that you're going to get the other half of that gold. And I point <laughs> to the supplies. Oh, well, I'll see about that. Pro- if anything, Pratt owes me double for the hell that I've been put through. Well, I mean, you also didn't complete the task. I don't know. I'm just a worker. You're you're a fancy noble. I'm sorry, sir. I probably shouldn't be uh, be uh, explaining how things work to you. You, sh- you surely know better than yeah. I do. Uh, do you feel Do you feel capable of uh, of journeying back to the castle with me? I don't know. My legs are awfully sore. Well, I'll be clear. I'm not going to carry you, so you can stay here or you can walk. Like those are your choices. Your noble ship. Oh God. Okay. Twist my arm while I do it, shit. Um, yeah, no, he he walk he, he's he can walk absolutely fine. I think he was just hoping that you would carry him back to the castle. Yeah, I know I knew exactly what he was hoping. Uh, it's not my not my you know, you don't get to be head technician without learning out who 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 wants to work and who doesn't. Um and any nobody I've ever met with Sir in front of their name is particularly interested uh in working. Uh and so um I will I will find uh I will find like a, a potato sack uh and smear some of my blood on it and be here i heard you like red uh and <laughs> give it to him to put on uh fantastic and so you're gonna you're gonna uh, bring him back to trotlera castle then yeah 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 and i'll uh um uh i on the I'll, as we're making our way back i'll do like a, a temporary patch job on the the pneumatic tube okay yeah um, that sounds like, like a good plan so all right, so the pneumatic tube has been fixed up then. You can't see any evidence of where the rat folk have gone, including the one who fell in the water earlier. So that's something that... Uh, that's something you'll probably need to uh, explain to your guys uh, back at base, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my next my next message is going to be like a, a three-tube message. It's not going to be... It's going to be your normal one-form uh, you know, requisition. Hey, go go do a permanent fix on that pipe. Uh, it's gonna be a. It's we're gonna have some new policies and procedures in place. Oh, I would have to think so. But um, 
Uh, no, you managed to um, <laughs> you managed to talk a good old Ricky business out of um, out of that hostage situation. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that wasn't the way I was expecting things to go, but that's pretty. That is pretty good from there. So I guess. Uh, well, I mean, you managed to get back to the castle safe and sound. I would think from there. So was there any um. Was there anything, like, extra, like, is there anything you want to say, like, to Pratt in order to, like, you know, tighten things up Yeah, a bit? well, we need it. I mean, we have to finish our normal triannual contract negotiations. Oh, of course. Uh, and I, I do feel like I'm in a pretty good bargaining position right now. Um, uh, because not only did I find the guy, uh, I will, I, I will, uh, I will, I, I will, I don't have the stuff to make him the biscuits right now, but I will promise uh, monthly biscuit deliveries. Uh, but I also do need now to double my staff because I, I can't send people out alone on work anymore. Yeah. Uh, in that case, then, I think... Hmm. No, actually, I think you're in a very good... I think you're in a very good position to argue this. So I think prep. Pratt will promise that to you. Like, even though the kingdom's a little bit stretched in a couple of different directions at the moment, they are going to start putting more people, not just on um, sewer duties, but even kind of like guard duties down there to kind of keep an eye out for this stuff. Uh, I uh, Do you explain the rat person problem to him? Or I don't, I don't think I explain that they are... An issue, no. I don't, th- yeah, I don't think I make them the bad guys. I think it's a misunderstanding. Mm. I think it's, you know, um, uh, cause I, I mean, I, I essentially do believe it was a misunderstanding. This oh, is not of course. Me, uh, Absolutely. Deceiving, uh, uh, his majesty. I would never do such oh, a course. thing. Um, it's, uh, uh, that, you know, it was, it was absolutely a, uh, a misunderstanding, you know, uh, when, when two cultures interact for the first time, I oh, man, this is, this is actually kind of the best we could. Oh, absolutely. For. Yeah. That, mean, if anything, that, that went um, very well, I think, considering the circumstances. Um, and so I, yeah, I think I kind of explained it that way. Um, but I think the, you know, if we're, if we're looking to, yeah, so that's, there's that. Uh, but I, I also ask if I can, um, say that I would like to contract uh, the ability to contract. I just work it in very vaguely into the contract that I want to be able to subcontract a few specialists. Um, And then I will go back a couple days later and in the rat nest area, post up a few (laughs) contracts offering them regular, regular (laughs) supply drops uh, essentially just in exchange for not horribly, uh, not breaking pipes and not, not hurting people. I think that I've, I've, I, I, probably the best contract I've ever seen. Really, I don't, I don't think you really ask for anything more than that. So, I think Pratt will. Yeah, I, I think Pratt is happy to write that stuff in. And I mean, you did save one of his guys, and you have promised him a very delicious sewer cuisine. So, I think you'd be very stupid not to. So, I think with that, considering you did manage to save all uh, Ricky business, and you did manage to solve what the issue was with none of the mail coming through. What happens next for Undada? What, uh, what, what is the follow on from, uh, this? Um, I think, you know, Un- Undardar, uh, really, um, you know, he, he still doesn't like going up to the surface and, and unfortunately, um, I think it, it doesn't really want more responsibility. Like if Undardar could, could spend his days repairing pipes and, you know, fixing problems and cooking 
scum griddles for rat people, mm. he would be perfectly satisfied. But, you know, responsibility uh, is best thrust on those who do not want it. And Undardar understands that. And so uh, I think, unfortunately, this this causes a promotion oh, for him no. uh, to not just head technician of the 1030 uh, uh, guild, but... Um, uh, but head 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 royal sewer liaison oh, uh, also too. So I don't I don't have to just do collective bargaining for my guild now. Every three years, I have to come up for annual guild meetings uh, with royalty uh, as the primary representative of all the sewer guilds. Oh, no. um, and so, which you know, it's not what he wants, but he'll do exactly. it. Somebody's got to do it, and unfortunately for him, he is the best man of the job for that work. Yep. Well, all right. Which he also secretly suspects is just for the extra cookies. Also, oh, too. The, 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 I think that is absolutely the case in this situation. But all right, and I think that that our adventure is over for another week. So, Tony, how did you find that? It was a blast. I um, I love sewer crawls. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorite type of weird dungeon things. So, you know, I didn't know if we'd end up overland or under sewer. Like I said, I I I had. Kind of specifically when I was creating my character, I was like, I've listened to some of the episodes and not all of the episodes. And I know that doesn't particularly matter uh, because I could always just be from out of town. But for me, the idea of saying like the sewers are a place under our feet that we don't think about a lot um, that absolutely matter to the infrastructure of the entire world and the way our modern society works um, and the way a lot of fantasy kingdoms works. Um, And so I just love the weird things that people can get up to in it. And I also love the idea of cultures built around sewer and so i was like i like dwarves Mm. um i like sewer crawls i'm gonna make sewer dwarves and that's gonna be a weird thing that exists here uh and i had a blast playing um it's 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 like i said it's one of the things i love because you are doing through quest and show an experience of ongoing storytelling that is totally episodic that somebody can just drop into but it's also ongoing world oh yeah like you're constantly expanding and exploring new parts of what this is, um, you know, p- like vaguely PBTA systems, which I would say, you know, um, Quest and Show definitely falls kind oh, of in that, in that vein. Yeah. It's one of the things that they massively excel at. Um, I also love that the character building process is, uh, for a number of things, pick one and write oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, because then you end up with things like sewer cuisine written oh, yeah. down. Um, like... And then all of a sudden sewer cuisine is a reality in the world, mm. right? Um, or technician's tool belt. And all of a sudden there is a position and a guild and other things that matter in the structure of the kingdom just by the writing down of one item on your loadout. And that could have been, you know, technician's, or it could be signature weapon. And that weapon is the, you know, the, the sword of the, you know, unworthy hero or whatever. No, exactly. um, and then all of a sudden you've got to figure out what that is and why it exists. Like, I, I love it. And I love that you've created a setting for it to be, to happen like very episodically and one at a time oh, sure. and be totally also encapsulated in a small space of one ongoing narrative that you're recording for the world. So, I mean, like I, as soon as Nevin told me about question show, I, I went through and I started checking it out and looking at it and got very excited by it. Cause I just, I think it should be, but I, I had an absolute blast playing it. Um, and I think for people who are looking for 
like uh, an experience of this is what I do, by the way, uh, for anybody who's listening right now, my whole stick is like, I love reading other people's games and then saying what I love and then saying who I think should check them out. Uh, if you're listening right now, I think you should look, not only go listen to all the rest of these, uh, but check out the, the actual uh, video about uh, you talking about the, how you made the game, why you made the game. Cause I think it achieves all of its goals. But I also think, for people who are looking for a two-player role-playing game system, though this could be played with any number oh, of sure. players, but it's it's really solid and tight for two players, um, that it's a really great thing to do, especially if you don't have regular people you're playing with. You could just be going on an adventure or watching people go on an adventure in front of you one person at a time. Like, And that's that's a really cool setup. I love that's that. Well, thank you very much, Tony. And like I said, it's been fantastic having you because... You know, we have a lot of people on here with different levels of skill set and, you know, different experiences and stuff like that. And it really felt like, you know, the thing that you really liked about the system of just kind of creating stuff, you know, that's always what I've wanted. You know, that's always what I want from Quest and Show is having more people add stuff to the world because, yeah, we got sewer systems, we got sewer gills, we got ramp. Like, there is a lot of stuff that's going to come out of this, which I'm really excited to see. How that goes. I also just love that there was there was a moment at the very beginning where you were like, uh, like technically I was in the GM role for like ten seconds and you were in the because you were like how do you come yeah. up, right? And I was like here's the things and I was like and I don't like doing these things and you were like you do these things and at me I was like I just spent ten seconds GMing you can totally control my character oh, for totally. like you know a move like that's fine and I love. In two-player games, that feels really comfortable, mm. where in, oftentimes in bigger games it can feel like, oh, why why is the person running the game stepping in on my character all of a sudden and not somebody else's? Whereas in this mode, it's very comfortable. It's very natural. That's one of the things I actually, if people haven't played two-player games a lot, it's one of the most comfortable things, just being being okay pitching to somebody else what their character is doing. And the other person being okay saying like, oh, no, they don't do that. Here's what they actually do, you know, but or just, just going with it like we did, which I, I love those moments. Uh, they're some of my favorite, and so, um, but yeah, no, I thought it, I thought I had an absolute blast, um, and uh, I I get I actually have a question. Yes. So I, I know you're you're kind of like, what are your like? Do you have long term hopes uh, for for Quest and Show? Like, are, do you wanna do you wanna build out the kingdom to the point where you could be like, hey, if you wanna play Quest and Show in this setting, here's a bunch of weird NPCs or characters or other stuff we've created on the show that you can reference or add or drop in or is this just is it for you is it just the content side of things which i think is also yeah beautiful. i think it's more so you know i i really love the kind of the system that we're using and but i mean it's kind of as you said it's like it's a really solid system for if people wanted to kind of do back and forth you know one-on-one -on -one gameplay and also you know a kind of a rotating cast and stuff like that there is that opportunity that if people wanted to create their own world like Trottlera and that that they absolutely have the opportunity to do so for me, like the thing that I enjoy about this is the fact that the system does lead to every week. This is a story that's developing as new characters coming and new stuff happens. So, I think for me that's most that's going to be the focus. I think for a little while, but I mean, if there's the interest, I am more than happy to develop this into something that, yeah, absolutely, outside of just the rules and the systems being available to people, I can give them the means to play in the world of Trottle Era. I mean. You know, for the past couple of weeks, the re the way I've been doing that is by inv inviting people on. But I think if people want to play in that sandbox, uh, they are absolutely more than welcome to. Because I'd, I'd love to hear for what people can add to the setting and, you know, their own stories and how that affects the kind of the ongoing narrative of this world. So, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and 
one of the things I will say, like out of out of the system, this is a, this is a weird insider uh, design baseball thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there, like I said, the the dice rolling mechanic is v- it's very PBTA, sure. right? Um, like you added in more of a critical success reality on it, but like which is yeah, not not a critical. I love PBTA; it's a great system to design and especially exactly for what you're doing it with. Uh, but it actually feels. It, this is not just because of your accent. Very British. Oh, sure. Um, and the British part about it is really the skill forward part. Mm. Like, I don't have powers. I mean, you could write then that yeah, I can cast fireball oh, or sure. whatever. You know, like, um, but but it is more skill based, and and th- there's very much a like British classic role playing game feel that's been married into that PBTA reality oh, yeah. uh, that I think is very cool that you would see in systems like uh, Troika or uh, Fighting Fantasy oh. or um, other systems like that, that uh, because of that skill-based focus and the item-based focus, right? Like that that loadout skill and expertise piece feels very British because Americans tend to focus on, like, let me give you huge gonzo powers or yeah. whatever, you know? Um, and in that kind of gritty, you're not necessarily great at everything reality, um, or you're very good, but only at these specific, I think that's a very cool thing that I love about British systems that American systems and some other ones don't do as well. Um, unless they're just like, you're the worst and you're horrible and you're going to fail. And then that's a little bit different. Um, and so I just, I just like that design fusion feels really solid in it. Um, and whether that was intentional or not, I don't know, but like it, it has a great feel well, to that's, it. Uh, that's lovely of you to say. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess, though, before we wrap things up for the episode, uh, is there any uh, last things you want to say? Anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, um, depending on when this releases, um, we always have stuff going up, um, always have new stuff coming out. We do a lot of different work with different people. The best place to find everything we do is at Plus One EXP online. Um, uh, we're very active on most social media platforms. Uh, we've got a small Discord channel, but it's really for people who come on our streams. Uh, our streams are really focused on helping share what great small indie designers are doing. Sometimes that's a, a company with a number of employees. It's usually not a huge number. Most of the time, it's one person who may be a full-time game designer or may just be a hobbyist but doesn't have a huge marketing budget. Uh, you can find all that stuff at Plus One EXP, or you can go to PlusOneExp.com to find our beard-based role-playing game on any of our beard bombs and It'll connect out to all of our content. Also, uh, if you like gross stuff like going down to the sewers and you wished I had been way more descriptive about the types of things and smells around us, we've got a game that's in Pledge Manager right now that we did with a friend called Repugnant, which is the world's grossest RPG. Um, It is an earnest RPG. It's not dehumanizing in any way. It's just a bunch of weird, gross, uh, mild body humor, middle school, dumb stuff. Uh, that we put together and it plays like a traditional role-playing game uh, but your stats are uh, revulsion disgust and shame Um, and you are a mutated creature on a trash planet that maybe used to be earth a long time ago Um, and so uh, we it's it's an absolute blast but we've also also got other stuff coming out all the time too so at plus one exp on social or plus one exp.com that's great well thank you very much again for uh, getting involved tony yeah, uh, looking forward to it and can't wait to hear what people do next. I also, here's the last thing I'll say. Yeah. Somebody play a rap person now. If you're listening Ooh. to this and you come on the show in the future, I want to know what happens to the rap people. And the only way we're 100% sure going to find out is if somebody goes back into the sewers, but hopefully does so as a rap person. Very true. Very good point. That goes, like, that's going out to the uh, audience at home, potential players of Quest and Show. Let's find out what happens to those people. 
Uh, and with that, uh, thank you very much for listening to Question Show. Uh, I have been James. Uh, social links are in the description below. Uh, if you were listening to this on a podcast app, uh, a review would be fantastic. If you were listening to this on YouTube, a like or a comment would go very far. I would also like to thank the Patreon producers that made this episode possible, which include Chasm, Valerie B, and VG. Uh, if you would like to help with the production of uh, episodes of Questions Show or anything else that I make, uh, please consider supporting me on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash hot cider. H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. And until next time, thank you very much for watching and goodbye.